Good morning. Um, my name is Lacey Richardson. I'm an accounting professor here at LCU. And I am here today to introduce my dear friend, Cherie Creech. Um, Cherie is the wife of Terry Creech. Terry is the chairman of our board of trustees here at LCU. Um, Cherie is a lover of Jesus and a lover of people. She loves people really, really well, and she knows how to have lots and lots of fun. So she's really fun to hang out with. Um, my husband, Raymond, and I were privileged a few years ago to travel to Kenya with her. She's going to talk about that ministry a little bit today, and we, we got to host a marriage retreat there for the Kenyans who live there, and it was just an amazing, amazing blessing for us, and they're going to share a little bit about that ministry. Cherie is known, even before she was a grandmother, which she is a grandmother now, she was known in Kenya as Shosho, which is Swahili for grandmother, because that's just how well she loves people. Everybody, just she, they just, she makes them feel like family. So here is my friend, Cherie Crete. Okay, I'm a little disappointed. I'm going to tell you right now, when she said I'm already a grandmother, not one of you went, you don't look old enough to be a grandmother. What's up with that? So I want to introduce you, my friends, to my other friends. Over here, I have Tim Neal, who is the executive director of KWO Ministries, Quo. It's for Kenya Widows and Orphans. I have Bernard Cabet and Alfio Bodhi who are also my friends. And this is my friend, Maureen Mbuvi. She's really more, come on up. Um, KWO Ministries was started out of church plants in Kenya. And from those church plants in Kenya, the orphanage ministry came. Now, were there a lot of orphans? Yes. When the AIDS epidemic went through, it really crushed African nations, and Kenya was hit really hard. There was really just grandparents and children, and a whole generation of parents was wiped out. So all of these churches that were there started seeing these children wandering and needing help. They were desperate. Some were being molested. Some were starving, getting food out of the garbage heaps. So the churches started taking care of the children. Well, then there got to be way too many children So then they needed a place for them to stay. After prayer and God's direction, which I can give you the four-hour version sometime, um, God literally started handing money to people in Midland, Texas, to pass on over to Kenyans to start building homes for these children. Out of that, these beautiful people came. They were already involved in the church planting but God pulled them into working with the orphans. And it's a very biblical thing for us to do. Um, Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 24, verse 19, it says, when you are harvesting in your field, you overlook a sheaf. Do not go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. So when you're working with these children, you're being blessed, and these widows... And then we all can quote James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after our orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted in the world. So there's a benefit to you to go and help others. So I want Maureen to tell you we've officially been a nonprofit ministry since 2011. 
And um, Maureen is over what we call a feeding station, which feeds children two times a day. And she's also our financial director over there, which makes sure all of the money goes directly to those who are in need. So Maureen, I'm just going to ask you a few questions and you can just answer, all right? Okay. How did you get involved with Quo? I got involved in Quo in the year 2005. I've been working with World Bible School since 1998. And those men uh, uh, started and established churches in their home areas. And with the churches came with those orphans that you're talking about. So when the men started their churches and orphans started getting into their churches, they raised that issue. And in the year 2005, that was the first orphanage that we started in Kenya in a place called Sondu. And just, I told you, we started in 2011. Golf Course Road Church of Christ in Midland started taking care and, and working with the orphans. It just got so large, we had to form a nonprofit because we were a nonprofit inside of a nonprofit. Okay? And all of you accounting people that go under Lacey, you'll understand that doesn't work very well. So can we put the picture up on the board, the first one with Mercy and Nancy? And I want Maureen to tell you because we have seen some amazing things happen. We're now able to see some of our children that have grown up in our system and who they are and they're great adults now. So let her tell you the story of Mercy and Nancy. Mercy and Nancy are sisters. They are from our feeding station in Kamulu. And they came to us like the auntie came and abandoned them there. And in Kamulu, we are, we are only offering a feeding station, but God is faithful. We found a place where we could place them with the other young boys and girls that are now going to school. Mercy is in high school. She's in Form 2, or you can call it Grade 9 or 10. Grade and 10. Nancy, she's in primary school. She's in Grade 5. They have a hope, and they have a future now. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's just two kids. How many yes. kids do you have? In the feeding station, I have 45 kids, and that's the limitation numbers that we can take. We know that there are many orphanages that have 300 kids, and they cannot take in any more. Total, how many orphanages do we have? We are almost 3,000 orphans, both in the orphanages and also the feeding stations. And these two gentlemen that are here from Kenya, they both oversee multiple orphanages and are responsible for like 300 children just with those two men, okay? So um, what advantages do the children that grow up in the quote care have over those that are left behind and they don't get that opportunity to go out? Like I've said uh, in many places, in Kenya when you offer a kid to choose between a gift or going to school, they will choose to go to school. Going to school in Kenya is a privilege, and they know that that education is going to change their future, and they're going to have a better life than what they used to have. So that is the best thing that we can offer to these children. And above all, we have all the basic things. They now have food, they have a place to sleep, and they have the clothing that they need. You know, and I'm going to um, bring this up. It's not on our little script here, but I've been there before with medical things when they have been taken care of by extended family members. And one little girl that really will always just, 
hurt in my heart is she was having some stomach issues like some of us get sometimes and we couldn't figure out what was wrong and we finally took her to the doctor we found out her aunt had been selling her to feed her to feed herself not the child and that child came into protection and so every place does their own thing but these orphanages take such great care of our children that now the government is starting to bring children to us to help them. There's so many stories we can tell you about that. Um, let's go on up to this next picture I have of Maureen, a different Maureen. I wish I could show you what she started out with. Tell about the IDPs, what they are. First of all, IDPs is internally displaced people, okay? Tell how you found Maureen when you first found her. Uh, in 2007, Kenya had an election that didn't go well. So there was a violent election and everyone was displaced, especially in different parts of Kenya due to different tribes and languages that we have. And so Maureen, up there in the, on the screen, she was a very little kid and the parents died and so she was just left abandoned. Like many other children during that period, they were all together with other people that survived and they stayed together in one place in Gidgil that now we have an orphanage that is fully supporting children. Maureen has gone to school and she's now done a college at the vacation training college and she's now ready to start a future that wouldn't have been possible if she was still at the IDP camp. Let me tell you what that IDP camp looked like. I got to see it on Quo's second visit there, but when Mr. Tim and Maureen went the first time and found these people, they lived in, they had uh, limbs from trees, and they had found old Walmart sacks and tied the limbs together and take, took brush and laid it up. That was their home. That was their home. There were about 15 widows there mm -hmm. and 40 children that they had gathered up as they were traveling. And what's really sad is across the way, there were these big, nice tents that some IDPs were able to live in, but our group got no help. And the lady that is over that now, she said, you know, we would pray and we would pray and thank someone from our family or our government. Someone would help us. She said, but God sent this big silver bird in the air with people from America to save us. And now there has been hundreds of children go through. And I can't stress the importance of the widows. Tell about what happens to a lady when she loses her husband there. Uh, the widows lose their privileges. Mostly, uh, some have to be inherited by their brothers, the, the brother-in-laws. And if you're not willing to do that, then you'll be able to lose everything that you have, your land, every privilege that you had in that family. It's very possible for you to lose. And the person inheriting you probably is, has a disease. So most of the women, if they refuse to be inherited, they are being cast out of their homes. So they don't have anything to call their home. Well, and not only that, sometimes when their children go with them or the land is sold, it's not the children whose father passed that gets to use that money to go to school. 
the relatives will take that money and use it for their children, and the one who lost their fathers will end up working for the family. It's a very crazy culture to us. It's very hard for us to understand. So let's go to our next one, and let me show you about Clinton. Clinton was actually raised under Alfio at um, the Grace House Orphanage. Clinton now has a degree in theology, and he has actually become back in, as a manager at our Nana Glasscock Orphanage. Let's go on to the next one. This is Cynthia. Cynthia was being raised by her aunt, and she had epilepsy. She was abused. She came in, and she grew up under Bernard. Bernard was her father. And you need to understand, all of these children call these men and their wives mother and father. So they literally have 300 children, okay? And they literally become a family. But Cynthia went, and she is married now, and she is a mother. But the really cool thing, I think, is that now that we have all of these small children that have grown up, tell what they're doing now for Quo. The amazing thing with our children, they usually come back to give back to the other orphans, to love on, loving on them. Some that have got good jobs, uh, they've, made, they've, built, they've been able to build a uh, dorm for these kids to stay in. So giving back is a part of their lives, and that's really encouraging to see that they really think of where they came from, and they are so thankful to give back to their other brothers and sisters. That is just a few. We can tell you about Nancy, who works at a restaurant. Um, we can tell you about men that are now plumbers and electricians. We can tell you about welders. And these children are giving back. So, how does that affect you? Wow, that was great. And I can tell y'all are enthralled by it because I haven't heard a pin drop yet. Y'all are very quiet. And it wasn't like that in 77 when I sat out there. But um, there's a QR code up here. So every one of you, I know you have your cell phones with you. Every one of you pull those cell phones out. Every single one of you. I'm not seeing them. Get them up there. Pull them out. Yeah, it's bright, but I can see. Get that QR code. Do you know what it takes to feed a child a month? You can skip two Starbucks a month, and you will feed a child. $11. You can do that in college, university. What about a club? Is there something your club could do? You're very capable God may be calling you to go on a mission trip somewhere. Maybe not Kenya, maybe somewhere else. I'm from a little tiny town, could not rub two pennies together, and for God to have the dream of me to go and work in missions somewhere is beyond. I would have never, I sat right back there every day because we had assigned seats. I never in my wildest dreams thought that's what God would do. But he has a plan for you. You need to be praying to see what it is. If it's to come go to Kenya with us sometime, 
We can work that out. We've brought students before. Pray about how you can help now or in the future. And when you see someone that needs help, help them out. Because God loves the fatherless and he loves the widows. Thank you for your time.